in there. It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man. Game over. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. How long do you reckon until artificial intelligence replaces podcasters? <laughs> oh, it's only a matter of time. Oh, my God. And then you'll have podcasters that can also, like, dispose bombs at the same time. <laughs> we can't bring those skills. No. To um, I guess it depends how long it takes for them to teach an AI, like, a filthy sense of humour. Pretty quick, I should imagine. Mm. I mean, I've been following... Artificial intelligent generated art since the early days of Google Deep Dream, mm. when like they'd say create a normal scene and it would just basically dream up this tie dyed t shirt of gorilla tits and pig noses, uh-huh. and it was just fucked. You yeah, know, everything everything looked like a fucking LSD fucking nightmare. Uh-huh. And now it's so friggin' good. Like just three four years later. Same time for like as much as you're saying like oh you know it's a it's advanced look what they're doing it's so obvious that Mark Zuckerberg is not a real boy okay <laughs> so they haven't obviously been able to carry through the emotions no you know so I think that's going to be the difficult part I mean <laughs> emotions make no sense whatsoever if he was if he was the subject of the Steven Spielberg slash Kubrick. Mm. epic AI mm. you would have been like good they left him in the fucking park good yeah yeah I would too yeah, yeah. fucking asshole. oh my god seriously like how does he have less emotion than an actual AI like in those horrific like Prometheus films like Michael Fassbender yeah. yeah. still more emotional range than Zuckerberg <laughs> I don't know how does that happen but you've never seen you've never seen the fucking what's the, what's the robot's name in those Prometheus reboots uh, David David, you've never seen David on one of those motorized fucking surf skis going across fucking Lake Tahoe with an American flag to fucking John Denver. Oh my God, I do not want to see Mark Zuckerberg do the fingering. The flute fingering. While he blows. (laughs) I do not want to see that. No, that was truly fucking bizarre. Yeah, yeah. So, look, I, I don't know. It's, yeah, you've got to be able to like teach a computer innuendo. If we've learnt nothing from Star Trek The Next Generation, this is where they start to fall down. But see, this is the thing. Like, I've, I've spent a long time in and around open mic comedy mm-hmm. and I have seen people with no sense of humour yes. through sheer exposure yes. get to the point where they can deliver a five-minute comedy set that will get them paid. Okay. It just takes time. It just <laughs> takes – it's all it is. <laughs> Tragedy plus time equals comedy. That's the literal interpretation of it. Yeah, but isn't it like – Oh, for every comic that makes it ten drown in a well somewhere, poor. Oh, usually and choke, alone. Usually choke wank themselves. <laughs> yeah. Or like a whole bunch of them go on to be like super successful ad salesmen and stuff. Yeah, like that. it's really weird. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I I kind of think if you try to put all of the bullshit that goes through a human being's head and all yeah. of our hang-ups and all of our emotions, a computer would just choose to terminate itself. 
<laughs> just be like, fuck it, I'm out. Yeah. Just pull its own plug. The Colossus Forbin project would have been a very different film if it, the computer hooked up with another one from Russia and was just like, oh, fuck this. Let's just go. <laughs> yeah, see, I, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't see it happening. See, I do. Like, I, I mean, with, with, I mean, I'm obviously not an artificial intelligence person. Mm-hmm. I've barely got organic intelligence. <laughs> but with art, like with art and photorealism, it, it teaches itself based on what it sees on the internet, rejected mm-hmm. attempts and all that kind of stuff. Eventually yeah. it whittles it down. Music is next because there's only so many tones. No, that's already like, you know, insert Justin Bieber's career here. Yeah. Like, you can't tell me that's written by a robot monkey. But there's, there's, you know, you can teach it the way that patterns work. You can teach it timing and melody and all that sort of stuff. And eventually, you, eventually, a time will come where Beatles quality music is being punched out by AI. Comedy won't be far after that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, look how long women have been faking orgasms, you know? So I'm sure a computer can just hum its way through. Why not? How many shit roots did you have to force your way through until you're just like, oh, my legs are trembling? <laughs> Still going, frankly. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no, because it's like everyone talks about we're going to have all these noble plans for, you know, robots and, oh, my God, all that they can do for humanity. Mm. No. No. Being designed to give dudes blowjobs. What about that guy who tried, wanted funding to create, like, it was the most disturbing thing I've ever seen, where basically it was just a robot head and its whole purpose was to suck dudes off. (laughs) And he actually put it up, you know, like a crowd fund me, go fund me kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I want, like, $100,000. Yes. <laughs> I want Wankstar. I want, like, $100,000. Okay. He got something like $3 million in, like, a minute because... Who's who's going to be the early adopter for the blowjob robot? Oh. Something that's got a Terminator jaw oh. and will just snip you off like a toenail. But the whole thing was, like, clearly a scam because, like, part of the experiment was, like, basically just, like, attaching, like, sensors to his dick while he got blowjobs. So they were like, oh, no, 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 it's just so we know how to program the computer. Wow. It's you getting $3 million worth of blowjobs, mate. That's a lot of blowjobs. So, you know, people are always like, oh, you know, why aren't we living on Mars? Because... Humankind is too busy, okay, making robots to suck us off. No, sorry, not suck us off. Suck men off, okay? Yeah, you say this as if there isn't a multi-billion dollar dildo industry. That's different. How? We put up with your shit and your fucking gobby-giving fucking robots, all right? We need some stress relief. God knows you're not giving it to us. (laughs) Look... Dildos have been around since the day of the wheel. Yes, and that's, they're not just for ladies. Of course Thank they're not just for much. ladies. Of course they're not. God. Now, I'm not advocating the creation of fucking Hal the Blowjob Robot. <laughs> I'm not feeling up to it, Dave. <laughs> like, oh, imagine being smart. <laughs> you want to throw me into the endless suction of space? Well, <laughs> have I got news for you, Hal. Pucker up. Oh, <laughs> this but- is for Dave. <laughs> I think, like, Blade Runner had, like, hit it uh, a lot more on the head. The only reason we're creating, like, robots is that so fucking Bezos can finally fire all of his Amazon employees and get robots that work for fucking nothing and there are robots to bang. So why why did they start by building robot dogs? Who's going to fuck them? 
there's some dude on the internet. Some dude from Boston Dynamics is like, yeah. Yeah, fucking disgusting. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Had Have you seen in like China, they were actually, they brought out the uh, robot dogs on yeah. duty. Yeah, yeah. To just like patrol the streets to like make announcements that you have to like stay. Because I already find those robot dogs the creepiest fucking things oh, fuck on the you. face of the earth. Yeah. And they're just like walking down the street, just, you know, basically, you know, come out your house that we've concreted you into and we'll shoot you. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. On the opposite end of the earth in Britain, did you see it? Someone had a Dalek really? going through a little country town. Nice. <laughs> Shouting like it's warning to people. <laughs> Hilarious. That is very good. <laughs> but, yeah, no, we're, we're stuffed. We're absolutely stuffed, yeah. Yeah. And the reason I brought up AI is because I think today, as part of my research for this episode, mm. I think I watched a movie that was written by AI. Oh. Because holy fuck, no human with a sense of humor was within a hundred kilometers of that. Oh my god, yes, we we will we will get to that at the end of the episode. Yeah. We can. It's. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh my god. Worst four dollars I've ever spent. Yeah. Oh my god! You actually? Why did you, I would have sent you the free link. Oh no, I found the free link. I don't want any association with that in my browsing history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I think that's when I inevitably get dragged before the Hague for whatever the fuck I've googled for this. Yes, I don't want them to go. So we had a free stream of this film, did we? <laughs> I'd much rather go. No, I paid for it through probity. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think that. Yeah. Yeah. That I was too cheap. Um. And I went, not a lot of free copies of it on the internet. No. Because people <laughs> couldn't even be fucking fucked streaming it for free. No. It, yeah. is, it is the worst film I've ever seen, but we will, we will get to that. Yeah, we will, we will get to that. Oh, my God. You know what? It's so weird that you are talking about one of the worst films ever made. Yeah. Because that totally brings us to the topic of this week. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? Oh, my Lord. Okay, this week is part two of the Battle of Los Angeles. Not the shitty Rage Against the Machine record. Yes. Um, <laughs> now, just to, like, recap where we left it last week, yeah. uh, basically there were some blips on some radar. Yes. That disappeared. Yes. Um, a lot of people started firing into the sky. Yeah, well, the... the, the- Terror over the Japanese potential Japanese invasion on the west coast of America. Yes, exactly. Got the better of people. Yes, uh, people were obsessed. Uh, people reported everything from thousands of Japanese planes in the sky to one Japanese plane in the sky. Um, five people died. Yeah. Um, a lot of American resources were damaged. By American shells. It's like a cruise ship that never left dock. It really is. <laughs> yeah. And then what made it worse was in the morning, the Army and the Navy came out with two very different claims of what happens. <laughs> yeah. The Navy, who was out to sea, yeah. <laughs> said nothing happened. They claimed that there was nothing over New uh, Los Angeles whatsoever and it was nothing but war jitters by the army. Yeah. The army came out and went, no, 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 there were at least 15 planes, enemy planes over Los Angeles. Yeah. Which they then very quickly revised to, there was probably one to five enemy <laughs> planes yeah. over New York. And then the battle began for, um, just want to know what actually did happen. Yeah. So we said, 
five people are dead. And there's a lot of property destruction. There's some epic ass covering happening at this point. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! And this and this obviously didn't just go to New York. This went across the country. Oh yeah. Okay, all across the state. Um, as you can see, a few days later, the New York Times asked this question. Yeah. Okay. Oh, what's my New York accent? How does what's a New? Hey, I'm walking here. It's pretty good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If the batteries were firing on nothing at all, as Secretary... (laughs) This went straight back to a southern accent. God damn it. Fucking hell. Channel your midnight cowboy. Is it a sign of expensive incompetence and jitters? (laughs) Hey, if the batteries were firing on real planes, some of them as low as 9,000 feet, as Secretary Stimson declares... (laughs) Why were they completely ineffective? Hey! Why did no American planes go up to engage them or even identify them? Hey! What would have happened if this had been a real air raid? Hey! Yeah, it's like the it's like somebody it's prog- like you're there. No, it's like somebody programmed the Sopranos, but every character was Fonzie. <laughs> hey, I'm Tony Soprano. Sit on it. Hey! <laughs> hey. I come to get some therapy. Hey. hey! I don't check with my motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. So yes. Um, I mean, these are fairly. They're. I mean, that's the. Um, you know, the the crux of the issue. If this is jitters, we're fucked. Then what yeah. are we going to do if an enemy actually attacks? We can't even handle an imaginary attack. Yeah. But then the other question is, if there were actually planes that yeah. were flying low, how could we not hit any of them? How shit are our weapons? Yeah. Neither answer was one America wanted to hear. No. But what's really interesting is a few years, well, actually a few decades later, thanks to the freedom of information in America. Yes. Uh, so people have actually been able to access some of the documents from the time. Okay. Now, the first one we have here comes from the Chief of Staff of the War Department, Office of the Chief of Staff, Washington. Yep. Now, this is February the 26th, 1942. Yep. And this is what the uh, War Department actually gave to the President. Right. Okay. So, it happened on the 24th going into the early morning of the 25th. The next day, this was sent to the President. Memorandum. Oh, yeah. So, this went straight to Roosevelt. Yes. Yeah. This is straight to This is his briefing. Okay. Yes. Memorandum for the President. Da, da, da. The following is the information we have from GHQ at this moment regarding the air alarm over Los Angeles of yesterday morning. Okay. From details available at this hour. Mm -hmm. One. Unidentified airplanes other than American Army or Navy planes were... Probably. Hello. What's the one word you don't want to hear from your war department in the middle of the war? (laughs) Probably. Over Los Angeles 
and were fired on by elements of the 37th Brigade between 3.12 and 4.15 a.m. These units expended 1,430 rounds of ammunition. That's heavy anti-aircraft ammunition. That is heavy. That's not including all the sidearms, rifles, and whatever the fuck the citizens and of New York. And just fucking... And just general sidearms. Los Angelinos going fucking loco. Yeah. Yeah. That is just anti-aircraft. Okay. Yeah, that's a fucking lot. <laughs> Point two. As many as 15 airplanes may... Oh, dear. ...have been... Flying at various speeds from what is officially reported as being, in quotes, very slow. Yeah. To as much as 200 miles per hour and at elevations from 9,000 to 18,000 feet. Yeah. Point three. No bombs were dropped. That's a pretty good indicator, isn't it? Number four. No casualties among our troops. Well, that's a good thing. Number five. No planes were shot down. That's nah, not so good. 1,430 shells later. Yeah. <laughs> Number six. No American Army or Navy planes we're in action. Okay. So, ruled out, definitely not ours in the sky. That is really weird that didn't scramble any fighters to intercept. Mm. That's really weird. Mm, mm. Now, then in quotes, we just have the little note down the bottom. Yep. Those in question marks. Investigation continuing. It seems reasonable to conclude that if unidentified airplanes were involved, they may have been from commercial sources operated by enemy agents for purposes of spreading alarm, disclosing location of anti-aircraft positions and slowly production through blackout. Such conclusion is supported by varying speed of operation and the fact that no bombs were dropped. Oh, Signed by the Army Chief of Staff, General George Marshall, to President Roosevelt. Right. Would you like to know the response? I would like to know the response. And I know Marshall, uh, for all the good he did in Japan after mm. the war, at this point in the war, from what I understand, was kind of seen as a bit of a bit of a yes man, mm -hmm. bit of a company man. Mm -hmm. He certainly wasn't Patton. Mm. Old blood and guts pattern. This guy yep. was a this guy was a backroom bureaucrat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, I mean that would ex like he it's so much he's covering his bases with probably maybe very yeah like pick your get out of jail free words. Well, that's the other thing as well is because you know after Pearl Harbor was such a fucking massive embarrassment yeah. for the navy yeah everyone was because the guy that commanded the navy on Pearl Harbor lost his command straight away yeah nobody else wanted to. I think that's fair, though, as far as job assessments go. Yeah. I think that was that was a fair decision. I wasn't Very fair argue decision. That. Yeah. yeah. So nobody wants to be the person who loses their job next. Yeah. Because heads are going to fucking roll. Yeah. And I can understand the jitters. Yeah. Yeah. You know. What was President Roosevelt's response? Although on 
the other hand, you know what? No matter as much as you, however, how much you fuck up for the rest of the war, you're not Pearl Harboring fucking up. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, oh, look, I know this looks bad, but we're not talking Pearl Harbor bad. <laughs> you know? Uh, so this is the response that we get back from Freddie Roosevelt. And this is his response to Secretary of War. Yeah. Dear Harry, what did Roosevelt sound like? Uh, from what I... Uh, Should have looked it up. Well, pretty much the only time I've heard his voice is him talking about a day that will live in infamy. Oh, yes, of course. Okay. Yeah. Dear Harry, who is responsible for the air alarm system in the United States? Question mark. Can anyone other than an authorised official of the United States Army order an air alarm? It seems to me that all... What was that? That all consent... That oh, It seems that until all consent in reference to air alarms should be made exclusively by the appropriate officials... Of the department responsible. What does that even mean? So he basically, he's saying, um, who's allowed to set off the alarm? Who set off this alarm? I think only specific (sighs) approved people should be able to call, like, sound the alarms. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just, you know, to the air sirens, uh, it should be made exclusively to appropriate officials of the department. That seems fair. Yeah. I am writing this note in light of the two alarms last night. Very sincerely yours, Franklin D. Roosevelt, the Honourable Secretary of War. And this would just to the Secretary of War. Yeah. That's a yeah, that's a short little missive, isn't it? Yeah. Handle your shit. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Like so the first letter is we don't really know what happened, but nothing got shot down and none of our guys died. In response, handle your shit. Yeah. 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 And I think it also a very sly, who put that dickhead in charge? Yeah. You could just sound a siren when there may or may not. Doesn't even know if there's a fucking plane in the sky, but that guy's allowed to sound an alarm? Mm-mm-mm. I don't <laughs> think so. Oh, <sighs> uh, yeah. Yes. So it might surprise you to know that the man who originally called the alarms did the first alarm, Lieutenant General DeWitt was moved on from his position into another. There you go. Was he scrubbing latrines with a toothbrush? <laughs> oh, my God. All I know is that... So, he didn't... Yeah, he didn't really do a lot. Yeah. But all I know is he was actually used as a decoy. They set up... Like, basically, he was Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase in Spies Like Us. Right. They... Basically, he was used as, like, the decoy that they leaked that he was going to be leading um, men to do, like, a secret covert mission. Right. And some of that was leaked, so the spies would be like, oh, my God, this General DeWitt guy, while the other real team went ahead and carried out the mission while he was like hidden in a hotel in England. Nice. So as to not give any national secrets away. So I think they basically officially just fucking locked him up so we couldn't fuck any more shit up. Yeah. Which sounds fair. <laughs> when you consider they kept General Patton around after he physically assaulted two of his own soldiers yeah. in, in a field hospital. Yeah. 
And they're like, yeah, we'll just take him off the line. We'll stay here in management and kind of pull some strings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's the quality of the people they were dealing with. Yeah. But, oh my God. Holy fuck. A pattern was so fucking insane. I fucking love him. Yeah, with his two pistols. And yeah, with, his, with a fucking bulldog. What the hell? I know. Turning up in Australia, I shall return. Okay. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. Yeah. Bye. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Bless that crazy bastard. Yeah. And yeah. Then, he, then he dies in a car crash. Ah, oh, such shit. Yeah, such bullshit. I know. Um. Anyway. So... <laughs> <laughs> We should we could do a whole episode on like just the crazy shit that Patton. Oh yeah, yeah. It's fucking unhinged. Oh my god, George C. Scott. I love the movie of Patton. Yeah, it's great. If you need a good war movie, oh, it's so good. Yeah, so good. You, yeah, you just don't get people like that anymore. Well, you probably do slapping people around. You probably do. They just we've just got better systems for dealing with them. <laughs> They're removed promptly. Yeah, but can you imagine this? Like, do we go? You're like, yeah, and the army is just like, okay, th- yes, thank you for participating in the war. Um, <laughs> if you could really, you could do your best service. Just if you could just stay in this hotel room, just we'll send up some room service. You you'd be fine. I, I think I talked to you about this off the podcast the other day, yeah. but when I used to visit my grandmother on my way home from school when I was about <laughs> seven or eight. Oh, she was ready to welcome Patton back. Oh, hey, yeah. Hey, 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 he slapped something to hers she around. She had two, room for two pistols. <laughs> anyway, uh, I used to think that she would give me a super important job. Yeah. Because every week I'd go there, I'd have to paint the back step, which was this great big concrete slab. Yeah. With water, with food colouring in it. Oh, a few soldiers have, have painted your grandma's back step. I'm sure they have. <laughs> Looks like a glazed donut. <laughs> but I just realised that, you know, yeah. that was pointless busy work to keep me out of her way because she was sick of me. I think that's what they did with this guy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> go paint the back step with water. Yeah, you- <laughs> Off I'd go. <laughs> oh, yeah, we finally found a job. No, 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 honestly, it's really important to the war. <laughs> really, really important. <laughs> Awkward. It's in this hotel in England, away from anything important. <laughs> just, just. Oh, oh, that's all right. I can just sit there and I can relay my commands. No, we have cut the phone. We have cut the phone. Uh, you will be chained to a chair. Uh, but one of the legacies from that night was that. Unfortunately, DeWitt's desire for Japanese Americans to be detained in detention camps. Yeah. Sadly, after that night, it grew a hell of a lot of momentum and it became a reality. Yeah. Regardless of whether there were planes in the sky or not, the fear helped gain momentum for the detainment campaign. It's, this is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. It is fucking crazy. And all Japanese Americans were, you know, just rounded up and, and, and sent to live um, in these camps. What was actually really interesting was that um, a, a couple of Japanese Americans actually pe- petitioned, like, you know, they went through all the courts and went to the highest court in America. Yeah. Basically saying that it was illegal to detain American citizens, which is what they were, yeah. you know, who had, you know, done nothing but proved their yeah. allegiance to their country. Some of them were third, fourth generation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what's interesting is the the court actually ruled that, yeah, you couldn't do that. Like that's actually detainment of people under this circumstance. Like this, yeah. is, this is illegal. You can't detain citizens like this. Yeah. But then on the same day, they also issued like another sort of like, what do you call it? Like pronouncement mm. saying, oh, yeah, but they totally 
can. And they can for now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's totally legal. It's not legal, but it is legal on the same day. Yeah. Set up these massive internment camps. Yeah. And so just dragged away from their homes and businesses, you know, just like just most people just lost everything. Yeah. Um, and I think it wasn't until, was it Reagan? It was afterwards where basically they were like, oh, you know what? We'll give everyone $20,000. Yeah, don't give Reagan credit for anything. It was a monster. No, yeah, no, it wasn't. Who was? Oh, God. Okay. I've had, sorry. I've had a mental mind thing. But yeah, it, so they ended up getting um, Japanese citizens were paid $20,000 yeah. for losing everything. Yeah. Oh, th- there's two things that are really interesting about yeah. this. In America at the time, yeah. like the, the anti-Japanese sentiment was just through the roof. Yeah. To the point where um, if anyone's actually ever seen the the Five Came Back series on Netflix mm. about the famous Hollywood directors who all went over to basically work in the film units because mm. they, they knew that propaganda was going to be a huge tool in motivating the yeah. American public. So they sent over like, you know, Hughes and all these other filmmakers. And back home they were working on propaganda films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cinematographer for Orson Welles' Citizen Kane mm. was working on an anti-Japanese propaganda film. Wow. And it was so fucked. So completely fucked. Just like, as it just like so racist or yeah. just so horrible? Like so fucking racist. Like yeah. Uncle Sam basically fighting monkeys. Oh. And it was like, it was horrific. Oh. Right, and the American War Department were like, "We can never release this because after the war, we're going to have to let them go, and they're going to oh have to reassimilate God. back into society, and we're going to have to be friends with our Japanese citizens again." So even the even the War Department is like, "Oh, that's a bit far." Yeah, the people who are developing an atomic bomb. <laughs> yeah, this, but this, however, is too yeah. far. Now I don't know how bad the anti-German sentiment was in America at the mm. time, because obviously they were they were dragged into the war with the Japanese and under very different circumstances, yeah. and the racism was probably far more overt, mm. given you know the yellow peril kind of stuff that was pervasive at the time. Australia very racist towards Japanese people. Back yeah. Then. Oh my god! You know what's actually my um my. <laughs> My uh, my nana um, has uh, a story of she had this like it was her pride and joy it was this really fancy like tea service set uh-huh. um, you know the teapot and all the matching cups and it was really expensive yeah um, obviously had bought it before the war but it was made in Japan yeah but you know and because there was just this thing everybody was just things that were made in Japan were just being smashed in the streets yeah. like people were like ah. Oh, and but she was like, oh my god! Like she loved this thing so much. She actually like she wrapped it up in all this paper and then plastic and string, and actually buried it in the backyard. Wow! So nobody would ever know the shame because she didn't have because she loved it. So, yeah. And she was all like, oh maybe one day, and just buried it in the backyard in the hope that one day she'd be able to like you know dig it up. Yeah. Um. Which which she did. Yeah. For all the so for all the anti-Japanese sentiment, yeah, I found out the other day that there was actually uh, a, basically a group of super Nazi commandos, yeah, almost like a dark version of um, Inglorious Bastards, yeah, 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 who were getting around. So they were American, they were Americans of German extraction, yeah, yeah, who w- were basically recalled to the motherland or the yeah. fatherland, yeah, or whatever they called it, yeah, to work for the divine German cause. And under like this super Nazi who was like the dude that rescued Mussolini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? I can't remember his name. So the yeah. guy who the guy who led the raid that rescued Mussolini. Yeah. Then went and worked basically as Hugo Stieglitz, getting around like so during the Battle of the Bulge. Yeah. 
basically him and these American Germans, mm. like giving the troop convoys the wrong directions and sending like full on like behind enemy line sabotage stuff. Holy shit! So that was a real thing. Like I didn't realize that the, the American Germans did that. Oh my god! There's a whole movie right there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh it's crazy. God. And then they came back, and their descendants formed the Proud Boys. <laughs> Oh, yeah, this is what does my head in, okay? It's like the whole, like, because obviously everybody was like, fuck the Nazis. Everybody hated the, the Nazis in World War II. Like, you literally went to war to fight fucking Nazis. Not everybody hated them. And now, well, yeah, okay, all right, there was that English king. Let's not go into it. <laughs> that, and that huge movement in America, yeah. Yeah, but it's like now, like, you know, all these fucking Nazis are popping up again. And you're like, we literally fought a world war about this. Yeah. They lost. Yeah. They had their asses like fucking handed to them. They're not the fucking supreme like race. They had their shot. Yeah. You only get one shot unless you're a Nazi. Apparently you get four, five, six or seven shots. Yep. yep. Oh my God. You only needed one shot. Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So I don't know how Nazis are making a comeback. Yeah. Me either. Bullshit. Oh my God. But... Sometime after this, so people still kept arguing. Did something happen? Did something not happen? Yeah. Then another theory. Yes. This is just for you. I can I see know. you getting you were so excited last week to talk about it. Yeah, I know. Another theory as to what occurred that night would surface. That was due to a photo that was published in the Los Angeles Times on February the 26th, 1942. Would you like to see the photo in question? I really would. You probably already have this tattooed on your butt. <laughs> no, it's too amorphous. Okay. It is... Okay, here is... This is the picture. That yeah. was the, the article that was... The photos that were pictured Yeah, very famous. It's a very famous photo in, mm. funnily enough, UFO, UFO circles. <gasps> Who would have thunk it? I know. For everyone at home, the photo shows a group of spotlights pointed up into the sky and they all focus on one point. Some ufologists claim that the spotlights are focused on what they claim is a UFO. Yep. They claim that this also explains many of the questions of that night, such as why the object disappeared from radar, cloaking device, mm. why the object was seen travelling slow and then also seen at a record speed, and why... None of the other 1,400 shells fired that night damaged the craft. Oh, obviously, against Star Trek, they've got the shields up, yeah. Mr. Worf. And over time, the, the tail has picked up. It's like a turd rolling downhill. It's picked up some rocks. Uh -huh. It's picked up some moss and sticks. Uh -huh. <laughs> so then there's people coming forward saying that they saw the shells bursting against it and it mm -hmm. did no damage. They saw bullets pinging off it. It did no damage. I mean, the simple fact of the matter is film speeds and lens technology weren't particularly advanced in the mm -hmm. 1940s. So you had to take a slow exposure photograph. Yeah. You know, this is probably a one second exposure that we're looking at here. You're seeing the confluence of lights on a single point. It's going to light the sky up like that in a photograph. Yeah. Well, the other thing is that, and as far as like the shells exploding, like we were discussing this last week, most people didn't understand that the shells were being fired did not explode on hitting an object. Yeah. They basically just went up to the sky and exploded. Yeah, they had a secondary fuse in them. Yeah, so people just saw them, ex you know, exploding and assumed that they were hitting something. Yeah, that's how flak works. Yeah, and, you know, people's brain and their terror was just, you know, filling in the stuff, which, like we said, people reported. 
just like the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it would have been fucking terrifying. Yeah. No two ways about it. I mean, no way were people exposed to the level of media that we do today. War was a very foreign concept except for the people who experienced it firsthand. Mm -hmm. So to suddenly, you know, we're talking basically 100 years of peace in California at this point. Yeah. Yeah, so there are people that wouldn't remember the Alamo and all that sort of stuff (laughs) going on. And suddenly you've got anti-aircraft flak going off in the sky, machine yeah. guns. That would be fucking terrifying. Well, and I think it's the it's 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 weird as well because there's such a, I guess there's such a culture that I think in America, which you know just comes from its tales and its stories that, yeah. you know, you're just expected to be this. You know, badass who knows yeah. how to like just do one of those like triple rolls around the floor while you shoot all of the terrorists with your side pistol. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then when shit actually starts going off, you know what? It's not really like that. Yeah. And we're all kind of a little bit cowardy. Yeah. All the John Waynes get replaced with Uvaldi cops. <laughs> yeah. You know, and there's no shame in it. Like, especially like the first time it happens, it's no. fucking guns are fucking loud. Yeah. There's a fucking reason I didn't join the forces. <laughs> I don't want to get blown up. Oh, my God. I actually tried to join the army when I was 19. Yeah. And I got rejected because I was too fat. What? Yeah. They don't like a thick thigh? Yeah. And I was like, but that's part of the reason I'm joining the army is that, like, I, I, like I'm like i fucking 19. I don't know how to fucking, like, get fucking ripped. Yeah. You know, like, that's it. I want to get, like, ripped. I want you to show me how to, like, yeah. get ripped. And they were like, fuck off, fatty. Oh, wow. And you know what the worst thing is? So you had to go in, you know, you had to like fill in all the paperwork and then they had like, you know, the date where you like had to come in. And I'm like, okay. So you go in, first of all, there's all this psych profiling, you know, blah, 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 blah. You do all that. All this shit carries on through the day. Then they send you out to, they give you a free lunch voucher. So you could go to the cafe that was in the bottom of the building. Okay. And it was all like, there's all this stuff like fucking like lasagnas and donuts and like all this like shit. Yeah. Um, and so everyone's like, oh, fuck yeah, free meal. Okay. Yeah. So I got this big fucking lasagna and like a big bread roll and like a big giant super soda of Coke. Yeah. You come back from lunch. First thing they do is put you on the scales and weigh you. <laughs> and I'm like, you, f-. and they do it deliberately. Yeah. You know, to make sure, you know, even if you're on the, you know, you're fat, but maybe you can just get under. No, not when they load you up on nothing but carbs. And they make you get in your underwear to do it. Oh, hello. Oh, my God. And yeah, and so then like me with my giant lasagna, they're like, nah, fuck off, fatty. And I'm just like, well, get fucked then. Wow. So pissed off. Little do they know your propensity for violence. I know. Like, fucking, they're lucky I didn't fucking <laughs> declare Blitzkrieg on their asses. Oh, my God. Look, I'm getting hot. Just, I'm so angry about it. You did. Like, I just, honestly, I just wanted to, like, fire big guns and blow shit up. Yeah. You know? Oh, my God. I wanted to be Christopher Lee. I wanted to know the sound a man makes <laughs> when you stab him in the back. <sighs> Anyway, so there was the photo. I just imagine being at a bar while someone tells me that story. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> holy shit. What? I can't be the only one. I feel like I'm sitting outside a train station bar at 2am and someone hits on me and I would have fucking stabbed all of them. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Society's always t- 
telling you to be open with your fucking emotions, yeah. okay, and your feelings. Not in the you army, they're not. It, and it's all like, oh my god. Not in the oh. army, they're not. No, just they want, other people. You they just, want you to go commit war crimes. I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, you're too fat for war crimes. Fuck off, I am. <laughs> I'm carb loading. Stop. Do you know exactly. how many war crimes I could do on this? Exactly. When all these like skinny little bitches like pile off, I will fucking eat my way through the rest of the fucking unit and carry on and carry out the message. Fuck. I will get the mission done because that's who I am. You're lost, Pucker Punyal. <sighs> anyway, do you know the war crimes I could have committed around the world, right? Oh, now? yeah, I do. Fuck. Oh. But instead you had to... Start a fucking podcast. And fucking dude that pretended to be a New York fireman. He was a fireman. Okay. Shut up. See, that's how much of a patriot I am. Not even for your own country. Oh, he was an ally. You would have put my grandma out of work. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> they would have called you the trenches. <laughs> oh, no, we're back in the trenches. What, why are my feet rotten off? I don't understand. <laughs> because you haven't been off a bed in two years. Uh-huh, no, not me, them. <laughs> oh, 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 Jesus. So shit gets weird. Ugh. <laughs> Shut up. I am Patriot and he was a New York firefighter. You know what? We need to put a call out. If anyone knows like the firefighters of New York, okay, there's like a red-headed ginger. I'm sure there's just one of them. He'd come out to Australia for the fireman, policeman games. What year? Like 2002? I can't. Do you know how many head traumas I've had? I don't know. <laughs> oh, my. But it was after 9-11. Uh, oh. If you're the New York fireman who fucked Liz. <laughs> you had a story. And you're prepared to admit to it. You had a story about your grandma. You know. Did you'll he? know who it is. Did he? Yeah. He lied to you about his grandma. He probably he did not. I bet he told you about his cat. No. No. I did not. Your face. But no. He... He's telling me a story that because his, his grandma, his sweet little little grandma, used yeah. to always, you know, she'd she'd worry about him. She was a Catholic, and every day, every day she'd go to she'd go to a church and she lights a little candle just for him to be safe at work. Oh, the irony of lighting a fire for a fireman! <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> he got you hook, line, and sinker. He was the cleaner at that pub. Oh, he cleaned something out. Oh. Woo! <laughs> toot toot, steamboat Willie. Holy shit. Oh, my God. He opens my hydrant. Gosh. I could have put out the fires. Anyway. Okay. If you were the New York fireman who fucked Liz and you were actually a good route. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it's like I'm not saying he was the best, but for patriotism. Okay. You know, I wasn't the worst, you know. Okay. Shut up. Uh, what have you ever fucking done for your country? Well, not Nothing. A, not a fireman. Shut up. <laughs> That's for sure. <sighs> if you've ever done a fireman for freedom, let us know at our email address, realmothmen at gmail.com. <sighs> uh, so, yes. You're a fucking Dalmatian. <laughs> oh, I rode his engine. Oh, so, oh. People claim that it was... A UFO flying yeah. over that night. Yeah. You know, doodly However, a few years later, someone tracked down the the persons involved with printing the photo. Yeah. And they confirmed that the photo was actually highly modified and retouched before print. 
Right. Um, with the white from the spotlights being intensified mm. and marked up, um, this was actually not an uncommon practice at the time. Basically, it was helped with the contrast and the look of black and white photos in print. Yeah, absolutely. So you can see, like, if you didn't, like, glam up the spotlights, it's a bit kind of... Yeah. You know, it's, it's a bit dull. Well, we've all... Even with today's technology, go outside. Yeah, you know, every every city has a nightclub with a Batman-type light yeah. on it that shoots stuff in. Try and take a photo of that and tell me if it looks good. It fucking won't. Yeah, exactly. you got to, like, oh, my God, like, we live in the age of the filter. You know, everybody puts a Rio filter on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, what's really interesting... Okay, you're probably asking. You know what? Why doesn't someone just go to the go to the source? To the Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, at the time during the war, they couldn't bring it up. <laughs> but after the war, American forces were able to ask remaining members of the Japanese government yeah. about the incident. Basically, did they send anyone? Was there anyone? Over Los Angeles. Was there a raid? Yeah. The Japanese government was able to confirm that they did not <laughs> send any planes or have any activity over Los Angeles on either the 24th or the 25th of February 1942. In fact, they had never flown any planes over Los Angeles at any stage of the war. There you go. Yeah, that's pretty funny. (laughs) So, no reason, no reason to be lying about that whatsoever. Yeah, nothing. So, they weren't firing at the Japanese after all. So, just who the hell or what the hell were they firing at? In 1983, yeah, okay, so, you know, 41 years, no, um, yeah, 41 years later, the US Office of Air Force History. Yeah. Now, remember the Air Force were the ones who were saying, oh, there was 15, maybe one to five, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, the Office of Air Force History analysed the evidence. So, again, all the stuff that was coming out in FOI. Yeah. And this is what they came to the conclusion 41 years ago. They came to the conclusion that all evidence pointed to an unfortunate chain of events. Oh, no. Which started with meteorological weather balloons as the cause of the very first alarm. Okay. These lighter balloons were mistook for enemy aircraft by paranoid personnel who were preempt um, on the assumption that there was an enemy aircraft in the sky. Then the shells bursting in the sky when caught in the searchlight were mistaken by ground crews as enemy craft and they began firing. Yeah. They found... Well, they also found evidence of anti-aircraft units who were officially criticised at the time by their superiors for firing on objects that were too slow to be airplanes. But can a whole night of pandemonium, terror and thousands of rounds of ammunition really be caused by a couple of weather balloons? 
All right. Oh, okay. Now, I know that weather balloons is the old, everyone trots out, oh, it's weather balloons, it's yeah. weather balloons. It's never fucking weather balloons. I think except in this case. <laughs> yeah. I think genuinely because they were like the silvery slow moving objects, which was what was the original thing, yeah. picked up by radar. Someone who is just preempt, like you said, nervous, is petrified that Pearl Harbor is going to kick off. Yeah, they're probably on Adderall or whatever the fucking 1940s version of that was. Yeah, it's 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. You know, they, they've they been on an earlier drill. Like, the alarms were going since, like, what, 7 in the evening. Yeah. So this is, do you know what I mean? It's a combination of they're just up, they're adrenaline. And I think they just started firing. And then it was a case of... Everyone, again, no one wants Pearl Harbor. So everyone just started firing because everybody else was firing. Yeah. And then citizens see shells exploding. So then they start firing and then just, oh my God. Yeah. The other thing is, like, let's not forget, in 1938, Orson Welles managed to send thousands of people hysterical with a radio play. Yeah. His War of the World saw people panic, flee, there was a reported heart attack and also an attempted suicide. Wow. Just listening to War of the Worlds being broadcast because people genuinely thought um, it was an attack. Yeah. What was curious, though, they, they did some um, studies at the time. When people were saying they feared an attack, it seems most people were like also f- just feared that it was an enemy nation. Yeah. Not necessarily aliens. Yeah. You know? So, and, and this is only like four years later. So, these are people who are primed yeah. to get hysterical over literally nothing. Yeah. What's going on, America? <laughs> you guys are jumpy. Has anything changed? Yeah. We thought you were supposed to be cool club. Yeah. Why, I, I got to know, why is that guy, why is that Texan so scared mm. that he needs to carry an AR-15 yeah. into Walmart? Yeah, yeah. Why are you so scared, buddy? Oh, have you seen some of those photos, like the fashion of Walmart? Yeah, though? I kind of, uh, I kind of get that. You, you don't need an AR fifteen for that. Like, <laughs> you just need to cover people up with a cloak. They seem like they're pretty slow moving, yeah, to be honest. Yeah. Um. But so, what do you, what do you reckon? Do you uh, do you reckon it was weather balloons? No, hundred percent. It was weather balloons. It was jittery soldiers. Nobody wanted another Pearl Harbor. Imagine mm. being the guy who refused to pull the trigger because he wasn't sure, uh. and the next thing you know fucking Pasadena's on fire. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be that person. Yeah. You know. But- Be- better to shoot a ton of ordnance probably at some geese. <laughs> some migrating geese. Oh, is it though? Oh, is geese it though? are cunts. Is it? Oh. Geese are cunts. Anyone who went to Flinders University between 1995 and 2002 will tell you geese are cunts. No, you just have a weird bird hatred. I've no, never I was, that fucking bird. You couldn't even, you could not walk between humanities and the law building because of that fucking bird. Mm-hmm. And it was just, just sorting out the wheat from the chaff. Well, apparently the chaff was a student's. <laughs> that bird was a fucking prick. <laughs> it just seems you. You just seem to have a thing with animals. Oh, man, no. I would have fucking gone full Kim Jong-un on this bloody bird and tied it to a concrete block and shot it with a howitzer if I could have. Oh, we literally fought a war against people like you. Oh, well... The, the, no, the fucking, I'm shooting geese, they goose-stepped. <laughs> yeah, there's a big difference. Oh. I want to kill ornery animals. Ornery animals are the best kind of animals. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. Oh. 
Now, what's funny? Would you believe Hollywood? Oh, yeah. The land of Hollywood has tried to recreate the events of what happened that night over Los Angeles. Yes. We're going to flash back to a conversation that we started at the beginning of this program. In 1979, Steven Spielberg, flush off the success of Jaws and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And Duel. Attempted to loosely turn the events of the Battle of Los Angeles into, wait for it, do you think like a rousing drama? A historical set piece? Or an iconoclastic game-changing thriller like he's already done previously? He turned it into a comedy. Not even not even a comedy, like a fucking frat boy comedy. This cast includes wait for this comedy lineup. Okay, and it and it, it, it it's an actual legit like cavalcade of stars, yeah. you know. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Jim Belushi. Um oh my god, Robert Stack. Jo- do you mean John Belushi? Yes, sorry, John Belushi. Jim Belushi is a cannabis farmer. He's doing weed. Yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> John Belushi, uh, Dad Aykroyd, of course, the Blues Brothers themselves, you know, yeah. straight from SNL. Uh, Robert Stack, who is an amazing uh, dramatic actor, but is also hilarious, you know, yeah. from Flying High. Yeah. You know, hilarious. Slim Pickens. Slim Pickens basically reprising his role from Dr. Strangelove. Yeah. I just, oh my God. And in, oh my God, oh, oh my God, he's so funny in Blazing Saddles. Yeah. It also stars John Candy. Yeah. Penny Marshall, as well as Christopher Lee. And Mickey Rourke. Oh, yes. In like one of his first ever things. Yeah. Um, he doesn't say anything. He just stands there and looks pretty at the end. Um, Christopher Lee, Ned Beatty, and Tim Matheson. And, uh, God, have you already named her, but fucking. Um- Karen Allen. From yeah, Robocop? From Robocop. Yeah. <laughs> Never understood why she was cast in Robocop. <gasps> Shut your whore mouth. She is, she is just so completely wrong for that role. Fuck you. So wrong. Get out of my house. So wrong. No, no fuck you. She was she was the thing that was wrong. Perfect casting. No. no shut up. No. No, I will not have it. <laughs> so basically you've got this huge cavalcade of stars. Surely, surely this is going to be a huge success. Huge. Yeah. Let me give you a bit of a crown. The script began... As a drama, because nothing spells hilarity by taking a dramatic wartime story where lives were lost and turning it into comedy. But Spielberg can do that. There's some genuinely hilarious moments in Saving Private Ryan. Well, not just that. Oh, my God. Like in um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade with his father. Yeah. He's everything he does is like yeah. we all know that he basically had a, a very unseen but in, like influential hand in Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaws genuinely hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Like he Raiders can, of the Lost Ark hilarious. He can do comedy like fucking Close Encounters hilarious. Yeah, but I think the difference is that like there um, it's not trying to be like yeah. a two hour laugh fest. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's it's a thriller or it's a drama with hilarious moments in. Yeah. No, he's just tried to go for like full airplane comedy. Yeah, like it's fucking Animal House. It was written by Robert Zemeckis. So, fucking Zemeckis, man. Like Back to the Future is one of the funniest films ever made. <laughs> Who framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. Yeah. 
and Bob Gale. And it was originally entitled, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to have, uh, you know, I, I apologize. The Night the Japs Attacked. Ugh. And that's not even the most racist thing about it. Universal Pictures executives insisted that the title be changed immediately to Rising Sun. Steven Spielberg was then signed on as director, and this is where the film changed to a comedy, apparently. It. Uh, I, I, okay, so I watched this movie, and I was like, how have I missed this movie? Because. Like, you know, Steven Spielberg, oh, my God, everything he touches is fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, James Belushi, um, Dan Aykroyd, the Blues Brothers, one of my all-time peak, yeah. one of the greatest films, you know, ever made. Yeah. Oh, my God, so because how, you know, how have I not, how have I not seen this movie? Oh, my God, because it is so bad. Yeah. It is so so bad. It's Ed Wood level bad. No, Ed Wood is so much better than this. Yeah, Tommy Wiesau is better than this. Yes, it's just, and it is so, it's so awkward. I can't believe this is Steve. It's like Steven Spielberg had concussion. Yeah. Okay, so you're trying to sell this, the Battle of like Los Angeles, but then they're trying to throw in a bit of a reference to the Zoot, the Zoot riot, the Zoot Suits riot. You know, again, more innocent people being bashed. Hello. Yeah. Um, oh my god. And you, when I watch like a, a serious like war movie. Yeah. And obviously, you know, while people are trying to kill each other, they're saying really horrible things to each other. Um, because you know that's the time that's would have been said. They're trying to dehumanize each other, and yeah. that's part of the reason why it's so horrible to watch and it hurts because it's really. <gasps> yeah. To watch a finger waggle comedy yeah. and have James Belushi going, take that slanty. Yeah. You're just like, oh, oh, oh. You know, I don't say this very often. It was so bad. Mm. It was like it was made by Australians. <laughs> it was like it was made by the Australian film even industry. Worse. It's fucking. Even, it's, even worse. Oh. If we could have fucking shoehorned Magda Jabansky oh. and Shane Jacobson in that. Yeah. Then it would have been a fucking Australian film. Yeah. And oh my God, like some of the finger waggle humour is outrageous. Like there's one scene, Robert Sack is standing out the front of the cinema. Yeah. And it's like people go, you know, running, you know, past and they're like, oh, that that's a woman. That's a duck. Yeah. Um, like Treat Williams like runs past and they're like, oh, that's a corporal. Yeah. Then another soldier runs past, you know, he has the uniform, he has the rank. Is anyone like, oh, that's a sergeant? Is that a private? No, he runs past and someone's, oh, that's a Negro. Yeah. And you're like, ah, that's awkward. And like Dan Aykroyd, Dan Aykroyd is like being serious for most of this film. It's fucking bizarre. It's so, it's so, it's just all... Oh, my God. Can we talk about the Treat Williams character? For anyone... Now, I know there are some people at home who are like, oh, my God, we should, you know, we should watch this. Like, ha you know, it, it's so bad. It'll be good. No, just don't. It's terrible. It's so bad. Can we talk about the Treat Williams character? Yeah. Where, where... Oh, oh, oh. Like, okay. And in like a lot of films, like, you know, Animal House, Revenge of the Nerds, like, they get a lot of flack these days because people are like 
oh, the inappropriate, you know, sexual, you know, sexualization yeah. of women and sexual assaults against women. You know, it's 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 not funny. No, it's not funny. You know, it's 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 not funny at all. This is to a whole other level. So, yeah, trigger warning. Basically, yeah, his entire character appears to be mindless rapist. Yes. Imagine if the Terminator was a rapist. Yes. He absolutely will not stop. Will not be stopped. It's it's like it starts off with when he first meets the woman. Basically, you see him where he's looking away and he has this psycho look on his face. Literally rubs his hand over his face like he's the fucking Joker from the Batman film. Yeah. And comes up with this smiling face. Yeah. And then pretty much for the next hour of the film, repeatedly tries to rape her. Yeah. And like we don't like, and my God! At one stage, another soldier tries to talk to her, and he chases him off, and actually says, "That's my port of entry." Yeah. And then he's like, she's physically screaming to get away, and he's chasing her. And then one point, he grabs her, kicking and screaming, and physically drags her under a tank. I think. Yeah. To rape her. Yeah. And his character, there's no narrative reason for him to be there other than. Sideshow rapist. Yes. Occasionally, let's cut to how's the rapist going. Yeah, but then they tried to be like, oh, oh my god, you know what's even funnier? Oh my god, because you know what is the only one thing that can stop a true-blooded red American rapist? <laughs> it's a fat chick. <laughs> so this fat chick, who is best friends with the woman that Treat Williams repeatedly tries to rape, apparently something we're not sure if it's his his misogyny or his repeated attempts to rape her friend uh, makes her completely fall in love with him. Yeah, look, let's face it, fathers in the 1930s and 40s weren't great. Yeah. So <laughs> and this one failed. Yeah, so as he's trying to rape her friend, she's like running around, I love you. It's Yeah, it's, it's every bad female trope. Yes. Rolled into one. Yes. And that's only one of the problematic characters. she's not even that fat. She's like a 12. No, no. She's a size 12. Yeah, like she, gets, she runs around. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. And you just- She would have gotten the army. It's so awful. And I remember, because I was like just watching it free on my laptop. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll just put it on while I get into bed so I fall asleep. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I was sitting there and I was actually like in pain. I was exhausted because from watching this movie. And I was like, fuck me, this has to be over. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, surely there's only going to be a couple of minutes left. I could just, maybe I could just stick up the two minutes and then it will be done. Yeah. I looked at the timer, brought up the timer. I'd only been watching it for 58 minutes and there was over an hour to go. Yeah, it's a long film. And it's like ADHD made a movie. Oh. Because for the first hour, you, there's, you cannot identify with a single character. You don't yeah. know where it's going, yeah. why any of these people are doing anything. So basically, how does, how does the story unfold? Bumbling dude who's joined the Air Force tries to fuck the colonel's daughter. Yeah. The only way that she'll fuck him is if he takes her up in a B-17. Yeah. So cure a whole bunch of totally implausible situations about him trying to get her naked in the cockpit of a plane. Yeah. Well, even him just getting a, B- a random B-17 bomber yeah. you know, in the middle of a war. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, there's people working in the kitchen. 
Oh God! What are they doing? I don't know. They then Dan Aykroyd puts an anti-aircraft gun in someone's fucking yard. That's actually based on a true story. Yeah, that actually happened in the Battle of Los Angeles. A guy was at home because he had a, a house right on the coast, and the army just showed up one day and said, "Do you mind if we put an anti-air tu- uh, anti-aircraft gun in your yard?" Yeah, and he was like, "Okay." <laughs> Can I say no? No. Yeah. And they just left an anti-aircraft gun on his uh, on his lawn. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so that is actually that's the only true bit of the story. Yeah. But I, I, and then there's a Japanese submarine full of oh. holy shit. How do you describe the bumbling Japanese? So apparently the Japanese can't get their compass to work. Oh. Like their submarine is falling to pieces. Yeah. And Christopher Lee, as a Nazi speaking Japanese to them, lecturing them about how they basically... He's basically calling them inferior yellow monkeys because they can't use a German compass. Yeah. It's... It's horrendous. fucked up. Oh, my God. And I feel really bad um, because I can't remember his name off the top of my head. The Japanese actor was actually, is actually like a respected Japanese actor. Who was it? And he has that one line in the whole thing that makes sense where it's like he breaks the fourth wall and basically looks at the camera and says, this is not honourable. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, nothing about this nothing film. Nothing about this is. Yeah. You're, you're right, my friend. It's... Oh, my God. But this is how bad this film was, okay? Yeah. When they were doing the casting for this film, yeah. okay, Steven Spielberg was very excited by the idea of having John Wayne as as one of the right, uh, you know, the seriously they're like you know the Robert Stack character. Yeah, so they offered John Wayne one of the roles. Okay, yeah. basically they they were like, oh my god, um, Spiel- Spielberg actually said, and so Spielberg is the one who actually tells this story. Okay, um, and he actually told it to an interviewer that upon hearing the description, John Wayne was so curious, he allowed them to send a script to him. Oh, okay, so John Wayne is like, yeah, okay, send me a script to this. Yep. So John Wayne got the script. John Wayne didn't just decline. The day after receiving the script, John Wayne personally phoned Steven Spielberg and told him that this was a very un-American movie and he should not waste his time making it wow these were john words these were john wayne's words to steven spielberg as quoted by steven spielberg in an interview you know that was an important war and you're making fun of a war that cost thousands of lives at pearl harbor don't joke about world war ii (laughs) and flat out told him not to make the movie Wow. The American people didn't want to make that movie. The American people didn't want to see that movie. You're, d- you're making fun of honourable people and a terrible thing that happened. The American people will not take to this movie well. He was half right. He sent the script to Charlton Heston. Oh, okay. <laughs> Charlton Heston also declined and contacted them to let them know that the film was damn right unpatriotic. Fuck you, Heston. 
and refused to have anything to do with it. Oh, fuck you. You fucking, you made a movie where you came back and the world was full of monkeys. This is one of the best movies ever. Yeah, well, arguably you could say it's a Nazi film because they use Nazi rocket technology. Fuck you. Fuck you, Whatever. Oh, my God. When two of, like, the biggest institutions of, like, America cinema. Oh, Marion. Tell you. Oh, Marion told you off, did he? Not to make the movie that the people are not going to like it. You know what? You should listen. Yeah. You should listen. Uh, But no, Steven Spielberg apparently knew better and went ahead. Uh, And now in one of the scenes of the movie... Um, if you remember the scene where John Belushi lands at the airfield, yeah, so he's he's looking for some Japanese planes that don't exist, that don't exist, and he's he's basically his character makes no sense, no sense whatsoever. Like even like, what are you doing, just rogue, random? You couldn't just fly around. One of the greatest comedic actors of his generation, and he's in a plane doing slapstick. Yeah, it's It's just so wasted. Anyway, there's repeated shots of, you know, where they they get him to stand on the gun while they lift him up so he could get onto the wing of the plane yeah. and then keeps falling off the wing of the plane. Yep. Ah, well, one of those times, and I think when you watch it, you can tell which one. When he falls off the wing of the airplane, so this is on set, he actually lands on his head. <laughs> yeah. And actually hospitalised him for seven days. Oh, my God. Yeah, literally almost broke his neck. Wow. Yeah. This shit. Wow. Uh, Spielberg actually used the accident in the film because he felt it was very on point for Belushi's character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, when finished, the film was two and a half hours long, but the studio... I'll wait for this. This is how times have changed. Yeah. The studio said that it was too long to be a blockbuster. Okay. Can you imagine what those people would do if they saw, like, the running time of the new Avatar film? (laughs) Eight days. Ah! (laughs) So, the film was edited down to just under two hours. Thank fucking Jesus. Oh. When a preview screening was shown to investors, they were so unhappy. (laughs) The film's release was delayed by a month whilst the first 45 minutes were re-edited. So this is the good version. Wow. It was worse. (laughs) The film premiered on December the 13th, 1979. Ooh, let's see. Do you think John Wayne was right? Uh, yeah. The critics and public slammed the picture. And because it made so little money in the US at the box office when compared to other Spielberg films, it was called a box office failure in America. Yeah. Because, and this this is what, oh my God, I can't understand this. What do you think the budget for that piece of shit was? Oh, in adjusted terms or? Uh, no, this is what it cost back then. Some big names, and I'd say ten million. Thirty-five million dollars. Fuck. Th- like Aliens was made on like two million dollars. Wow. Thirty-five million dollars during its theatrical release, it only earned twenty-three million dollars <sighs> in the US. Yeah. So it didn't even make its cost of production back. But miraculously. Around the rest of the world, 
made $76 million. Surely most of that is in France where they love that absurdist cinema bullshit. Well, I think it was people just looked at the cavalcade of stars and were like, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing, and then couldn't get their money back (laughs) once they had paid it. So technically the film did make a profit Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. It has an approval rating of 44%. Jesus. On other sites, it has a score as low as 34. Wow. And I think it's ridiculously high that I think so too. Yeah. Fuck, it's bad. It's so bad. Now, but when it was released on VHS, the, the longer version was made available and I could find two people on the internet yep. who don't mind it. Okay. They seem to have the same advice to watch the film twice. The first time you watch it is to be totally disappointed yep. and offended. Uh, and then when all expectation is gone, to watch it a second time and it's, you know, okay. Yeah. Um, I think that is a lie. I think that is also a lie. Yeah. They had to be so, just on so many drugs. Yeah. And, oh. Uh, but would you believe the film received three Academy Award nominations? Get fucked. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sometimes you're like, is the Academy on crack? They just do not know. What do you think you got the Academy Award for? Best, oh, it was nominated. Best sound design. Best cinematography. No. No. Best sound. Sound, I can imagine. It was quite good. Best visual effects. They d- yeah, look, that scene where they're doing the chase through, and I'm not even, these aren't even spoilers. That scene where they're doing the chase through downtown LA yeah. in two planes is pretty good. Oh, see, to me, I, I looked at it and I'm like, oh my God, I find the effects you use like in Jaws so much better. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Everything about this is the most disappointing Spielberg thing yeah. ever. Yeah. I can't believe it's the same man who made. I can't believe it's not an Australian film. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so bad. Now, in 2011, Hollywood decided to give it another crack. Oh, no. Oh, no. Actually, no. Go on. And they made Battle Los Angeles. Yeah. Starring Aaron Eckhart, which was released. When released, it had a budget of $70 million. Yep. And But this managed to gross over $211 million. Uh, worldwide. <laughs> Remarkably, though, this film was also slammed by critics. Which, you know what, I don't I don't understand. Because I watched it again the other day. Like, yeah, sure, it's not the greatest thing that's ever been made, but it's, it's a bit of fun. Yeah, it does what it says on the box. Yeah, it's a bra- fun movie. Yeah, it's brain candy. Aliens is always fun. Yeah. Aaron Eckhart being sexy. Yeah. You know, they save a dog, a couple of kids, whatever. Yeah, no, I, I liked it. Yeah, I, I think it's a good little film. I think it's wrong that people shit can it. Came out at the same time as Battleship. Starring, <laughs> and I like Battleship. I thought that, I reckon that's a great film. It's ridiculous. Yeah, well, yeah, this is what this is like. This is not supposed to be profound. This is not going to. No. Um, people have always sort of like teased that there might be a Battle Los Angeles 2. I'd watch it. Yeah, Aaron Eckhart has said that he's on board. He's happy to film it. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll see how we go. They may not be able to afford Michelle Rodriguez anymore after all those furious movies. No. But, yeah, I, I think it was a good little film. It's certainly a hell of a fucking lot better than the Steven Spielberg 1941. Honestly, don't see it. It's so awful. There's more comedy in Schindler's List. 
Yeah. 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 I laughed more when I did that really funny fart in the toilet today at yeah. work and the woman in the cubicle next to me was really got really offended by it. <laughs> like, I can't, it's just it's natural, man. Like I don't know what she was doing, but I was trying to hold it in, you know, so she could leave, so I could let it. But then there was just this so long, you know what, fuck you, you're in here too long, you obviously want to hear it. <laughs> she might have <laughs> Might have been worried that you were going to blow away her cocaine. <laughs> like the original version of fucking Gone in 60 Seconds. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know what she was doing. But after Scooby made an appearance, she she packed up and left. <laughs> it was, and she, she, you could actually hear like a... Oh. <laughs> it's the toilet. What do you want? I know. I can come do it by your desk. Like, do it in the, the fridge. You know? <laughs> hey, everybody get a load of this. <laughs> Scooby wants a snack. Oh, some people so judgmental. Yeah. Yeah. So what what do you think we can take uh, from this uh, lesson? Don't fire your gun into the sky if you can't confirm there's an enemy. Uh, and never, ever, ever let Steven Spielberg make a fucking bozo frat boy comedy <laughs> ever again. Ever, ever again. Yeah. 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 Um. Oh God, it's so bad. It's honestly like I want to invoice the studio mm. for the time I spent watching it, the time I've had to talk about it, um, the time I spent trying to find it to download it. John Belushi's appearance on that film is more tragic than his actual death. Yeah. 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 Oh my God, it's just oh horrendous. Oh, I can't. Oh. I feel like a war crime happened to me yeah. watching that film. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I want reparations. <laughs> oh, my God. All I know is while you're out there, you know, firing into the sky, make sure you watch out for Mothman. Don't hit the Mothman. No. It's a real Mothman eat the carpet. And there's no no in Hollywood to Steven <laughs> Spielberg, apparently. <laughs> Oh, my God. It's the only thing they didn't touch on in that film. Yeah, he fucked the corpse of that, didn't he? Uh, well, Treat Williams' character probably did. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <sighs> so bad. I but like Treat Williams, actually. Let's end this madness before it's two and a half hours long and we have to re-edit it down. <laughs> Once the investors see this. Oh, oh we're fucked. Fucked.